All right. I think we're on. We're on? Yeah. We need an introductory theme song. <clears throat> ba ba da ba. Joel and Rob what? coming to you from a podcast. What if we use the uh, opening to Sanford and Son? <laughs> That's a great one. I don't think it will really fit. It's an enjoyable tune. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. We come to you uh, from 400 West Chesapeake Avenue, um, sitting in my office. Rob and I both have coffees in hand, and we are ready to go. Our first one. Can't wait. Yeah. So let's begin. So why are we yeah. here, Rob? Well, we're here because we're doing a church-wide book study yeah, that we are. was uh, actually your idea, a great idea. It was Adult Spiritual Formation's idea. Yes. Yep. We read it last year um, and made a decision in the spring that let's let's bring this to the congregation, and here we are. I love it. Yeah. So, um, podcasts, why we're excited about this kind of format why do you like podcasts? So I have gotten into podcasts over the last few years. Um, and what I love about them is they are something that I can listen to on the go. So I never sit at home and sit in a chair and listen to a podcast. Never. I've done it before, but it's been a long time since I've done that. And so for me, it's um, when I mow the lawn, when I'm at, that, when I'm at, when I'm at the gym, um, <clears throat> you don't ever have one on just in the background? Um, like as you're reading a book? No. not as That would be hard. No. like Maybe as you're doing like something else. Yes. Else. Like if I'm doing lawn uh, or washing the dishes. But yeah. then again, there's few and far. There's few and there's not many moments when I'm, I have time to be at home and listen to one. Yeah. Because there's this other stuff going on. Right, so point. for me, it's usually, it's usually in the car if, if we're driving somewhere. Long distances. So you have to um, remember to download them. Yeah, yeah, but it takes literally two seconds. Two seconds, yeah. right on my phone. Right. I'm on just my... not bright enough to think ahead that far. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for growth. Yes. So um, they're a way to uh, kind of have a, for me, have a faith formation experience kind of when we're um, outside of Sunday, on the go. So I listen to a couple that are spirituality-focused and mm-hmm. then also some that have nothing to do with spirituality. What's your favorite uh, one? My favorite one is is, is the Star Wars podcast. Uh, and so I, I, I like listening to it. At the same time, I sometimes have to steer myself away from it because they're going to reveal spoilers for the next movie. You don't want those. And I really don't. Um, have you caught any by accident? Yeah. Yeah. I yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're out there if you want to find them. Um and so I'm really I try I try hard not to. Um uh but I also listen to one on um on the Enneagram, uh which I love, which You're is big into the Enneagram. I like the Enneagram, yep. Which is a uh um uh you could call it a uh personality typing um system. Mm-hmm. Um and but and we will we will bring you as in TPC more info on the Enneagram in the months and years to come. I see us eventually doing a small group on the Enneagram. That'd be really cool. Yeah, um, Enneagram is very impressive. I love it. I love it. Um, 
And so, um, uh, so it's an opportunity for us to keep engaging in this book in a different way. Um, and so Rob and I will be doing these um, periodically, and but we're going to occasionally ask one of you uh, to join us. And as we discuss a chapter of We Make the Road by Walking, <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we will um, prepare you for that. And so we'll help you. We'll have you pick out a kind of what we're going to do today. Pick out uh, a paragraph that we liked in the chapter and um, why it spoke to us, yeah. and Easy have a conversation and about it. Absolutely, which is part of the reason why I'm excited about doing this podcast is to show that. Demonstrate the way that we come about faith and the way we explore faith. It is certainly not profound. Yeah. We are, I think, pretty much average Joes in a whole lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that these podcasts will reveal is simply when you ask just everyday questions and share everyday struggles, everyday stories, mm -hmm. um, you know. It's God is in the midst of all of it. Yep. Yep. And we're hoping with this book, um, this is not a, uh, we're going to study this for a month, but we're in for the long haul with this, which I think will, I think, open up those kind of questions that you talked about just now, or those kind of, where is God in the midst of everyday life? I think this book will absolutely speak to it. Yep. Um, uh, and, um, the year-long endeavor is going to – its it's got a challenge to it, but it's a good challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Yeah. But it's also um, a discipline, really. And I yeah. use that word a little bit reluctantly because discipline has some bad connotations to it. Uh, but it's a discipline in the fact that, you know, anything that uh, is truly fulfilling – requires practice yeah right requires yeah. discipline in the sense of you know if you want to become a musician if you want to become an artist if you want to become an athlete if you simply want to learn a new task or hobby whether it's quilting or yep you know surfing doesn't matter what it is it requires at least some degree of discipline to practice it yep you had to come back to it and come back to it and come back to it mm -hmm. and the more you come back to it uh the more comfortable you become with it yes yeah uh, and so that's one of the reasons i really love the fact that we're asking everybody to engage in a 52 week discipline mm -hmm. uh, because i think if folks are able to stay with it and granted, life happens, and you might miss, you know, a chunk here or a chunk there. But by and large, if folks stick with it, I think they'll find weeks 40 and 50 even more natural than weeks 2 and 3. Absolutely. And what I, what I like about this book, too, is um, that it starts... Um, in the beginning of the Bible, mm -hmm. the book of Genesis, and kind of works its way through throughout the year. Yeah, he does a great job of that. Um, and so um, we are encouraging you to to read the scriptures before you read the chapter. You can read the chapter without them, but it's so much better. Mm -hmm. It's so much better. And that's what our adult spiritual formation committee discovered as we would gather on a meeting and go over the chapter, and um, at times it kind of went over our heads a little bit. And we went back and read the chapter, the scripture, 
and realize, oh my gosh, Brian is absolutely talking about the scriptures. He's, he's, it connects on a, it, yep. a in a deeper way. Absolutely. But the other, so the other thing we have to admit, uh, folks, is that we're not terribly biblically literate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The mainline tradition has a lot of wonderful traits to it, but one of its weaknesses is, I think we have to admit, that we're not terribly biblically literate. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to reading the book, a phenomenal way of growing more familiar, more comfortable yep. with Scripture are to read the three lessons. Yep, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> so what do you what do you like about Brian McLaren? So we, I've read a few of his books before. When did you discover him? What was the book? And what kind of grabbed you with him? I discovered Brian McLaren soon after graduating seminary. I think that's really when a lot of his kind of writings begin to take off, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I think, I think he would have continued to call himself. I certainly identified him as post-evangelical. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, part of an evangelical movement, but also seeing how faith was broader, uh, more inclusive, uh, more holistic than yeah. he encountered it in his previous evangelical understanding. Uh, and so Brian really opened me up to kind of that whole post-evangelical movement and how much there is to learn from people who identify as Mm -hmm. post-evangelical because they take so much of what is uh, beautiful and wonderful about the evangelical faith, but it doesn't come with a lot of the connotations or the strings attached that we in the mainline church really struggle with. Right. So as I just said, you know, we're not terribly comfortable with biblical literacy. The evangelical church, man, uh, give them credit. They read their Bible. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, I really appreciated that about Brian. Um, he was writing from kind of a perspective of both and, you know, let, let's have the best of all traditions rather than either or. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, kind of spoke uh, about uh, his understanding of a God that really ref- matched up with kind of my own personal theology. Yep. Yep. I discovered him um, before I went to seminary, but at my church in New Jersey when I was a youth director. Uh, and we were doing a church-wide study of one of his books. Which one? <laughs> uh, a Generous Orthodoxy. Oh, that's a fantastic book. Yep. And so I said, okay, I guess I should read this since um, uh, we were doing a study of it. Um, and... <clears throat> I, I was in the midst of starting to see my faith and relationship with God in new ways. And this book was a doorway to walk through for mm. me. Um, and so he each chapter is why I am dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And I remember getting the one on um, why I am green, which yes. which ties in nicely yes. to the first chapter of this book. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the first times where I felt permission to see my the faith that I was trying to live, to see it being lived outside of a Bible study, mm-hmm. prayer, going to church. Traditional quote unquote church. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he and I had in me this 
kind of growing kind of feeling that um, uh, that I had a care for creation. Mm-hmm. And it, it was and so that was the first time where he invited me to link it with my Christianity. Mm. And this kind of this whole new world started to open. And so it was the first time where I started to see see my faith being lived in a new and different way. Um, and so I just ate up that book yeah. um, and then <clears throat> uh, read a couple more of his. Um, uh, and so what I loved about him is he still he, he had this still this deep connection with God that he was that he was writing about yet mm-hmm. um, uh, he was just widening what it means to love God and to love neighbor or the world and that was so freeing for I think me that's one of his greatest gifts to the church capital c is is he he his books in a loving and respectful way it, if you can do it respectfully i guess take a sledgehammer to mm-hmm. the church's um kind of anything within the church that puts up a wall or a fence whether it's a doctrine or a theology or yeah various various programs or what have you he does a great job of 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 taking things apart in order to make room mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. invite invite fresh ideas fresh perspectives yep um that kind of permission giving it's really freeing like y- y- when you read something and you realize oh i have permission to to go beyond this point yep i have the permission not to have to fit perfectly into this specific boundaried religion. Yep, but he still keeps he he still keeps us in the tradition, which I absolutely which I love. Tradition yeah. matters a lot to him. Yep, he's just not going to let tradition. Yep, uh, anchor him. Yep. Um. So let's let's dive into this book a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So um, we are going to start today with chapter one. Uh, so uh, we're actually a couple a couple chapters into this book already, but Rob and I thought let's start with chapter one, partially because it's a it's the first chapter, but it's a great chapter. It is a great chapter. Um, and so the main chapter or the, the main scripture that Brian is um, referencing in this chapter is the first chapter of the Bible, uh, Genesis one, um, and how God creates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heavens and the earth in six days and rests on the seventh day. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph of this book. Chapter one, on wonder. Big bangs aren't boring. Dinosaurs aren't boring. Coral reefs aren't boring. Elephants aren't boring. Hummingbirds aren't boring. And neither are little kids. Evolution isn't boring. Magnetism and electricity aren't boring. E equals MC squared might be hard to understand, but it certainly isn't boring. And even glaciers aren't boring, although their dramatic pace is at first quite hard for us to perceive. And God, whatever God is, must not be boring (laughs) either. Because God's creation is so amazingly, wonderfully, surprisingly fascinating. Amen to that. You know what I think my favorite phrase is in that paragraph? Mm-hmm. Whatever God is. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. When someone as uh, scholarly and faithful as Brian is, mm-hmm. 
you know, when he comes right out and says something like God, whatever God is, yeah. because I clearly don't have the ability to comprehend yeah. what and who God is. Right. You know? It's right. very freeing. It is. And also, um, I think he talked about this in his book, Naked Spirituality, that we have so much wrapped up in the word God. Mm. And the word itself is supposed to mean um, uh, the the creator. It, it, it doesn't have, um, or, or, I, or I guess I should say, it, it, it has so much weight to it because of what we've given it. Mm. But it's supposed to be much more broader. Um, and I think he opens it up here to kind of say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to pin down exactly what or who God is in yeah. the very beginning. Um, I think every time we do that, we miss. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we just end up pinning down air. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. God refuses to fit into our boundaries. Mm-hmm. So Genesis chapter one. Yeah. Um, each day, uh, God creates mm-hmm. something new. And so how do you, how do you, Pastor Rob, how do you... <laughs> <laughs> How do Thanks, you, Pastor Josh? How do you, <laughs> how do you read read this story? Um, Very literally. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> no. Because this is one of those yeah th- those kind of tricky I think, chapters. I think and we you start... can read it literally, but I think that's a tremendous mistake. Uh huh. Transparently, uh, just about all major religions of the world have a creation story. Yep. And they are essentially metaphorical. They speak to divine truths. Um, truths um, uh, that are very real, but aren't necessarily found in the literal words of the page. Mm-hmm. So Genesis 1 reveals that God created basically everything that is. Uh, and that's absolutely, in my opinion, in my own belief system, true. I mm-hmm. believe that God created everything. But do I believe that God literally created things in 24-hour segments? No, I certainly yeah. don't. <laughs> I think God, God's very nature is beyond the existence of space and time simply because God created both space and time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so mind-blowing to me. I can say it, but I can't really fully grasp that. Yep. God created time. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Yep. Before God existed, there was no thing like time. Before mm-hmm. God existed, there was no thing like space. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't think Genesis 1 is literal, but I think it absolutely reveals some beautiful truths. And some of my favorite truths are not simply that God created everything that is, but that God... God's own self in that creation story is plural. Mm-hmm. There's Let God. Us. Yeah. There's God and then uh, there's God's spirit, which mm-hmm. moves over the water. And one of the things I love is that while God in the Hebrew is a male, uh, a male connotated word. Yep. Ruach is the word for spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's female. Mm-hmm. So even from the very beginning, God's refusing to be pinned down. Yeah, God's plural uh, in God's own essence. God's male and female mm-hmm. in God's own essence. And then when God created humankind, 
the Hebrew is very clear. God created humankind in our image, mm -hmm. you know, revealing yep. that even at the very beginning, God was a God of relationship. Relationship, yeah. God's a God who, yep. who creates things in order to be in relationship with them because God's very being is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit or Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, whatever you want to say. Yep. Uh, uh, and it's all there right in Genesis 1 yeah. at the very beginning. Which is what he gets into in chapter 2. Um, yeah. I'm jumping down a little. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, but that relationship aspect. Um, yeah, that's... What was so freeing for me when I started reading scripture, um, not just in a literal way, but how it started to uh, expand and new insights and new vantage points came up. Because there was a time where, yeah, you read it. I read it just as it happened, just yeah. like this, which is kind of in some ways when you're younger, I think that can be very healthy to do. Um, as you're growing up, it can be, um, to, yeah. to see, to have, you, you need something to kind of, you need foundational truth. You need foundation. And that's, I think what I had when I was younger. And then, um, when, uh, a six day literal creation story started to not make sense. And this whole new way of reading scripture started to open up for me. This chapter was one of those where mm. it just kind of opened up of um, there's so much more here besides just God created something mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and so I found personally that that literal way of reading it um, is kind of... Literal is limiting. It is. It's kind of the ground floor of how we approach scripture, mm -hmm. of how we approach sacred texts. It's kind of, it's the first, it's our first entry point. You need to enter on that point. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yep. But, you know, just as Brian emphasizes in the uh, introduction and, and preface, you know, we're becoming. You know, I yeah. love the idea of we're becoming. It's incredibly reformed. We believe we can always be growing closer to who God is and who God's calling us to be. Mm -hmm. Right? So yep. one of the harder parts about being reformed, which Presbyterians are, uh, we adhere to what's called the reformed theology or the reformed tradition. Uh, it basically, it means we, we'll never be, quote, there. We'll never have all of our ducks in a row. We'll never have our acts completely together because we can always be growing closer to who God is and who God's calling us to be. Mm -hmm. We can be growing closer to the ultimate revelation of who God is. Um, and so it's, it's important to let our understandings of Scripture continue to evolve and yep. deepen and mm -hmm. broaden. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's the very essence of our faith in many ways growing closer yep and it keeps us growing yeah um it keeps our faith uh evolving and kind of continuing to peel the layers back of who and what god is yeah so is there a sentence or chapter in this chat a sentence a sentence or paragraph that really spoke to you in this chapter well i loved the intro and the preface yeah first of all i loved how he talked about being fully alive and so and i read i read the first chapter right out on the heels of reading those yeah and so i read chapter one kind of 
through that lens. Um, and, and so when I think of being fully alive, right, I think of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of eternal life, but in the present. So one of the, one of the pivotal parts of my, of my own faith life came upon my, a transition in my own thought. You know, I grew up thinking that the point of faith is to get into heaven when you die. Mm-hmm. You believe in Jesus so that you get into heaven. That's salvation. Yep. And a huge turning point for me came upon understanding that Jesus didn't come just to get people into heaven. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth, yep. to, to bring the eternal into the temporal, to um, help us live salvation in the here and now. Uh, and so when I think of being fully alive, that's what I think of. I think of salvation. And so when I think of creation in that context, I think of the world as God intends it to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, so I read it through, through that kind of framework. Yep. Did you have a paragraph? A specific paragraph? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I liked a lot of it, but I, uh, one of the things that um, I wrote down here in my in my notes is is when he talks about being alive in the midst of creation mm-hmm. and, and what it feels like to be fully alive. It's on chapter on page five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reminded me very much of a Presbyterian pastor named Frederick Beekner. Um, you, you know, in when we're talking about awe mm-hmm. and silence and wonder, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it reminded me of this great line he has on prayer and uh, knowing that a lot of folks just aren't comfortable praying. A lot of folks aren't comfortable praying out loud. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks just aren't comfortable praying, period, because they feel like they don't know how to do it uh, or they're afraid of doing it wrong or anything like that. And Beekner says, you know, we're all prayers, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the silent stammering amid someone's pain, mm-hmm. the ooh and ah at a 4th of July firework display, mm. um, or the silent stillness when you're alone in creation. Yeah. It says they are all prayers, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, just experiencing life mm. and creation in its fullness mm-hmm. is prayer. Mm-hmm. Nice. How about you? Mine was also on page five. Uh, Halfway down, I love this. If you ask what language the creator speaks, the best answer is this. God's first language is full spectrum light, clear water, deep sky, red squirrel, blue whale, Mm. gray parrot, green lizard, golden aspen, orange mango, yellow warbler, Laughing child, rolling river, serene forest, churning storm, spinning planet. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, you know my, uh, how much I love Richard Rohr. And I've talked about him in sermons occasionally. And he has this great... I can tell folks who Rohr is. <laughs> so Richard Rohr is a um, Franciscan priest um, who... So it comes out of the Catholic tradition, but is beloved uh, by Protestants uh, everywhere. He's extremely ecumenical. He's a good dude. Oh, my gosh. He's awesome. Um, I discovered him in uh, uh, in seminary, but not just out of happenstance, 
by someone else uh, encouraged me to read a book and it came at the right time when mm-hmm. I was really sometimes in seminary you do a lot of doubting and a oh, lot of questioning yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and I was um, but so he uh, um, he describes this as God's first incarnation so when we talk about creation is God's first incarnation so when we talk about incarnation we think of um, we think of Christmas. We think of bodily. We think we think of Jesus. We yeah. think of God coming and taking the form of human flesh. God what was, was incarnated. That is deep. He's saying creation, and he's and he says well, he says well, so God coming down, that was actually the second incarnation. The first one is chapter one wow. of Genesis. That is- that is profound. It is. And and so he he's not getting into God is all things, but God is in, in all, all things. things. Because as chapter one says, God creates everything. It is God creating the heavens and the earth. And so it's given me permission to kind of look for God in things I never would have looked mm. for God in. You know, um, and so I love where he, McLaren describes God's first language of creation: um, uh, blue whale, red squirrel, laughing child, rolling river, churning storm, spinning planet. Yeah, you just read them for us. <laughs> I don't think you needed to repeat it. I needed to again. I needed to again. So for me, it's it's changed when I when I do go on a hike or something. It's it's different now than it used to be. That'll change it for me. Just there's, that. there's Thanks for sharing that. About yeah, Aurora. there's just that something, awesome. um, and so I think it's an invitation to not for us to not see and experience God, the divine, just here on Sunday morning. Oh no! But yeah. everywhere. And I think I think the more we do that, the more accessible God becomes. Yeah. And 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 the. The broader our bandwidth is for growing in faith. Yeah. Right? Because when we think of, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times God gets relegated strictly to church um, or even more religion. Yeah. You know, when God is so much bigger yep. than either of those two realities. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And chapter one of Genesis kind of blows the roof off that yeah. idea. Um, so, the very end of each chapter, Brian has these uh, engage questions. And so, questions. when you are reading a chapter, we encourage you to take a look at those and sit and ponder a couple of them. Um, and so, I love the one at the end where he says, Share a story about a time when you most felt the humble awe and joyful wonder described in this chapter. Hmm. Um, what story did... Uh you think of so i'll start with mine um and I, we're talking about this on sunday nights with teens this year too a youth group and i mentioned this story to them um in college i went with some buddies to see a concert in upper state new york and then we were going to drive immediately from that concert to michigan to see a, a high school friend um, which was a really bad idea. Holy Moses, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I know. So about 3 a.m., we are middle of nowhere in western New York, and I am exhausted. 
And so we all pull over. We got three different cars. I pull over. Oh my gosh! Wait, you weren't even together. You were in separate cars. What the? And pie? so we pull over at this rest stop. And I'd been for most of my life, I've lived in you know suburban and close to urban areas. So you can see stars, obviously, but not like you can see them in certain places. And so I remember getting out of the car, exhausted, and looking up and being blown away by the sky. It almost, so everything was brighter than it usually was, but everything felt closer. Like the light just felt closer. Like the roof of the sky felt like it was closer than it usually was. And it was completely awe and wonder. It was... Um, you were closer to the heavens. Absolutely. The whole sky was lit up, and partially I was just absolutely exhausted. But it was kind of a, oh my gosh, stop right now and just take this in. Because these moments don't happen too often. So that was awe and wonder for me. How about you? Uh, well, when I think of awe and wonder... Um, as you know, I am, I am so extroverted in so many ways that to really experience the depth of awe and wonder, I, I, I don't, for me, it's almost always relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've definitely, uh, I remember being at, um, at seminary and there's a, this path, um, uh, along the, the stream there that, I used to take daily walks or jogs down, uh, and that mm-hmm. was that was great. Uh, I attended a credo conference in Virginia once on this Episcopal uh, land. It was just rolling hills, just and it was in the fall, and the leaves were changing, and it was majestic and it was beautiful. But awe and wonder, like to me, that's like those salvific moments, those moments where we do get to taste the eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this life when those moments when we realize we are truly living life as fully as possible mm-hmm. when there is something truly divine going on in our midst and um, the first time that I was sometimes you realize it after the fact and you look back but I remember the first time I realized I was positive that I was living amid salvation in that moment mm-hmm. um, it was New Year's Eve uh Melissa and I, my wife and I, used to always have New Year's Eve. We would host the New Year's Eve party for our group of friends. And as happens, you know, uh, kids come in and, you know, life gets harder. And it was our first New Year's Eve without um, three of our closest group of, you know, our friends coming over. And I was sad about that. Mm -hmm. So it was just going to be us, uh, Melissa, myself, and the kids. And... uh, so I was feeling a little down that, that night. And then as the night progressed, uh, Melissa and I were playing games with the kids. And uh, they were uh, just being themselves. But it was just a really fun kind of innocent night at home filled with laughs and giggles and hugs. And, you know, the kids were little. So, we you know, tickles and all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, I remember sitting on the arm of our couch because we were doing a a game where we were up and running around, realizing that that night had become so much more magical than any other night that I could remember. Uh, And that there was something so sacred in 
in those relationships that we were sharing in, in that little kind of bit of creation going on yep. right now in our relationships. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah. And thankfully there have been others like it, but that is the most profound for me because that is the first one I can recall encountering and being able, actually able to encounter it as it was happening. Nice. It's a great story. Thanks. Mm. So for me, that uh, totally transparently, I love creation. It's beautiful. I, I have absolutely looked at it with awe and wonder. But the most awe and wonder yep. for me always comes in the form of relationships. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for our first podcast. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was your what concert were you at in Maine? <laughs> it was a fish concert. <laughs> so was your awe and wonder? No, I won't say that. I won't go there. <laughs> no, it was a fish concert. Nineteen. Nineteen ninety-five. Long time ago. Yeah. Jeez. A different life. It was a different life. A long time ago. That was long hair, Joel. I did have long hair back then, yeah. Kind of miss it, actually. Well, thanks Uh, for hosting this, Joel. You're welcome. Uh, So we will be back again. Um, So a couple things with this book. We encourage you to read the scriptures beforehand if you can. Um, We've got small groups in the fall. Um, They're a great way to kind of help get you situated and... um, Get you started on this book. Uh, and then finally, we've got Brian McLaren, who's going to be in-house uh, on October 27th, right after worship. Very excited. Uh, I am too. Uh, we're going to Skype with him for a half hour. Um, and we hope you can join us. And so until then, we'll see you next time.